0: Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome back to This Podcast Doesn't Exist.
1: Sup, friends?
0: We're not on summer vacation anymore.
1: Nope. It was fun, though. Got to do some fun things. Yeah.
0: But Stay tuned in two to three business months to see those <laughs> cool things, because I've already planned the content, and uh, Emma went somewhere cool. You want to tell I us did. where you went?
1: I did. I went to the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. It was awesome. And maybe you'll hear more about it next week. So stay tuned Mm. But if you want to hear any other cryptid stories You can go ahead and hang out in our website At thispodcastdoesntexist.com We have all of our episodes hosted there Many of which, especially for me, are cryptid based Including the Jersey Devil, which you should have recently heard If you're keeping up with the log Of (laughs) There's also multiple others, but feel free to go check those out. You can also find all of our socials on the website, transcripts, and the bingo card. Ba 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 bingo And if you get a bingo card, and you get bingo while playing the bingo card, mm-hmm. feel free to tag us on Instagram and let us know that you did well. We promise to congratulate you. Congratulate
0: we'll it. congratulate you just for playing.
1: Oh yeah, even if you don't get it, everything, that's fine. Feel free. Put
0: that on the t shirt. Even if you don't get everything, that's fine. It's fine. That's
1: fine. You are Kenneth.
0: <laughs> we sang that at a karaoke last night
1: good except
0: like i went to the bathroom as the song was starting and then i came back in and they're all standing up and it's a small like private karaoke room like the neon is going and everyone's just like
1: i'm just ken
0: i was like wow what a wall of sound to walk into i love
1: that what a good time meanwhile roger has already bought or pre-ordered i should say the fuzzy i am knuff sweatshirt yes he is very excited
0: I did hear they were sold out because friend of the show Holland wanted one, so they went and went the Etsy route. But oh. they sent a picture; it looks great. Good. I'm here for it. Good. Also, I feel like everyone is gonna be Barbie and Ken for Halloween.
1: I'm definitely gonna try and avoid that as much as possible. Yeah,
0: I love that though.
1: I yeah, it'll love be it. you know that. Do you Barbie world, man?
0: It's a Barbie world. It's a Barbie world. I'll just dress as Alan. I'll wear my shirt from Target with the stripes.
1: Oh, my God. You'd be perfect, Alan. Hey, guys. I will be the dog that constantly poops. I love that for you. (laughs) Just (laughs) just letting out giant Tic (laughs) Tacs as I leave.
0: You just, like, drop cosmic brownies behind you.
1: (laughs) And then expediently go back and pick them back up because I want to eat them. No, oh, I was gonna say, I feel like I,
0: I, as much as I love Alan, I feel like I cannot claim Alan as a cis person. Like I feel like Alan feels distinctly like non-binary gender queer territory, based on what mm. I've been seeing on TikTok.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. It was great. I think he's adorable, though. Michael yeah. Sarah did a great job. Even though welcome it was, back, it was supposed it to be was, Jonathan Groff. I know. I told Roger that, and he was like, "Oh, he would have spit everywhere."
0: Wow. <laughs> You
1: spit one time, and
0: that becomes your whole brand,
1: dude. It was filmed. It was on film. We can't forget it.
0: Uh, anyway, sorry, we just triggered Holland. Holland hates Hamilton. I know. Full disclosure: we just talked for twenty minutes. I don't know what the segue is, so we're just gonna jump right in. Any other housekeeping thoughts, Emma? No. <laughs> nope. Great. Sometimes you just got to be honest with the people.
1: Yeah. No, I'm... I mean, we haven't
0: done this in like a fair. month. Cause yeah. Because we sort of, we recorded like the intros for the reposts over Zoom, and that doesn't count.
1: Yeah. Because it was not, well, one, it wasn't in Nook. No. In studio. No. In Nook. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Here we go.
0: I'm going to just, here, we're doing it.
1: Woo! Woo! I'm excited for whatever we've got. Uh,
0: oh. Oh, the woo-woo woo was a little cheerful. Pre-emptive. Oh, no. Um, is it super sad? I mean, it's not happy. <laughs> 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 my, my description of my mental health. Uh, is it super sad? Well, it's not happy. <laughs> so, here we go. All right. Uh, it's, it's August when people are listening to this. Maybe, unless it's in the backlog. But if you're listening to this as it comes out, it is August. Which means that about two years ago, armchair and TikTok detectives were captivated by the missing person's case of Gabby Petito.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Tragically, Petito's remains were discovered, her fiancé suspected, and later dead by, we assume, suicide. While any loss of life is tragic, members of the public expressed concern for an age-old problem. Gabby Petito was a young, conventionally attractive white woman. News about her case spread quickly across social media and national news channels alike. But what about the missing that don't fit that mold? According to various sources, the remains of anywhere from three to nine individuals were discovered during the searches for Batito and her fiancé. Many of these individuals had been missing for some time. Many of them were people of color. Many of them had not had their stories told. Today, I'm going to try and remedy that in some small way and share with you the missing person's case of Daniel Robinson.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, I remember this. Oh, I'm sad. (laughs) Shannon is uh, grimacing (laughs) next to her microphone like, sorry.
0: That emoji. That's just the teeth.
1: Yeah. The one I send all the time. All righty. Okay. I'm ready.
0: A bit of background, as you will. Daniel Cornelius Robinson was born in South Carolina, the son of David Robinson II and Melissa Edmonds. He is one of five children. He is described by investigators and family as a 5'8 African American man who weighed 165 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He has black hair and brown eyes and is missing part of his right forearm, including his hand, which was like a birth limb difference, not like something that happened later in his life. He was 24 at the time of his disappearance. His father describes him, Daniel has an innate passion for adventure and is known to travel in opportune moments. Daniel is a scientist that loves nature, loves his family, and expressed plans for his future, unquote. He moved to Arizona to work as a geologist after graduating from the College of Charleston with a degree in archaeology in 2019. And so, throughout this, I'm trying to refer to Daniel in the present tense, because that's what his family does on their website, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Alrighty, so now I'm going to talk about the accident. Mm. When police pulled Daniel's phone records from the day of the, the disappearance, they were able to determine that the last text message Daniel sent was to his coworker Kenneth around 8.10 a.m. Those who saw Daniel that morning recall that he seemed different than his usual self, but made no comments about harming himself or others. According to Kenneth, his coworker, Daniel asked, Do you want to go home? Do you want to go back to Phoenix? And apparently he was like looking into kind of the middle distance. Like he was like kind of not checked in, like
1: a little bit, which was odd.
0: After checking a weather app to see if it was going to rain, he drove south on the dirt road away from their job site. Daniel was last seen leaving his job site near Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road in Buckeye, Arizona on June 23rd, 2021. He was last seen around 9:15 a.m. So he got to the worksite around 9 and then left at 9:15. According to new information released by Buckeye Police, Daniel's phone stopped pinging at 10:30 a.m. By 3 p.m., Kenneth noticed that he ha- couldn't reach Daniel and began to search the surrounding desert area in his vehicle. So he could see the tire tracks from Daniel's car. So he tried to follow those, but, you know, at some point he could not anymore. So they reached out. One of Daniel's siblings, a sister, lives in Arizona as well. So they like reached out to her. She reached out to their father. Daniel's father, David, was made aware of the situation However, when David called the Buckeye Police Department to report his son missing, he was initially told that he had to wait a minimum of 12 hours before he filed a report. This is not actually, like, the policy. Yeah,
1: I was about to ask that, because we've encountered this before, where the police departments will be like, well, we can't really do anything for a while, so we can make a report later. But technically, they're not missing yet. Like, they're an adult. They aren't like yeah, but like i i feel like in any situation where you feel as though something is wrong right it's not going to, it's going to be paperwork but you know police but, officers that's half your job i'm well, sorry also
0: like it's not it's not like it's going to burn a ton of taxpayer money no. to take 20 minutes to fill out a form and, and then have them call back the next day and be like, oh, my teenager came home, like, just kidding.
1: And then, they shred and then you file them. it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't understand the it's on you thing that right. they will do and be like, well, we can't do anything about it right now. You can write down my name and number yeah. and the person that I'm reporting missing, their name, Right and like here's at a the photo very least circulate it so we can find them, yeah, well, and also, like
0: <laughs> the disparity between that attitude and then we have shows that are literally titled like the first forty eight or whatever it's yeah. called, like <laughs> those are the most essential hours, so uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, so anyway, i don't I don't understand that,
0: so that's not actually the policy, um, and Daniel's father as you will come to see, is a very determined individual. So they did eventually get a missing persons report filed that evening. Good. But nothing really came of that initial report. Daniel did not appear for work the following day, which prompted an aerial search of the area on the following days and for his father to pack up the car and drive
1: to Arizona from South Carolina. I can imagine the immediacy of that, of like, well, Guess I'm going to. Here we go. Arizona. <laughs> Santa Fe.
0: That's in New Mexico.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> What's well, in Arizona? Tucson.
0: No, they don't have songs no. about that in a musical. <laughs> nope. I just, my brain was like Southwest. <laughs> Whoops. At least I corrected myself right away.
1: Yeah, we're getting better at geography, you guys. <laughs> Slowly but surely. It's happening. 135 episodes in. You want to know what state I forgot about until today? What? Minnesota. Couldn't even tell you what it's shaped like. I think it's a crushed soda can, because from what I remember of being, like, It's, like, up
0: against the Dakotas. So one side is very straight, and then the other side borders some of Michigan.
1: Yes. Yep. You're right.
0: I play Sporkle, find the Capitol, find the U.S. State games while I'm bored at work.
1: Roger does that with the entirety of the world. He will... Well, your husband's a nerd, so... Yes, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd.
0: Nerd. He cannot.
1: He's getting good at it, though.
0: (sighs) Good job. Yeah. Good job, Roger.
1: Yeah. Roger, Roger.
0: When police searched Daniel's apartment for clues, no items seemed to be out of place or missing. The common areas were seemingly clean and well-kept, and there were no signs of foul play inside the apartment. On June 24th, the investigators attempted to access Daniel's... Vehicle, the U Connect system, and they were able to get in, but there was no GPS data available. It just said like he just, zero, yeah. comma zero.
1: They well, probably didn't put anything into it.
0: Well, it's like they were hoping to be able to find, like, yeah, ping it, like it where it is. Not like what he, if he had inputted anything. Yeah. On July nineteenth, a nearby rancher reported sighting Daniel's blue-gray Jeep renegade in a ravine four miles from his job site. The airbags had been deployed, and evidence in the vehicle indicated that the driver had been wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash. Several personal items of Daniel's were found with the vehicle, such as his cell phone, wallet, keys, and clothes. There was also some red paint found on the car. However... Authorities did not do any forensic testing at the scene because there was no sign of blood, despite the wreckage. The crash appears to have occurred around 1 p.m. on the day Daniel went missing, meaning there is a four-hour gap between the last known sighting of Daniel and when he crashed. Detectives conducted a ground search by foot with the assistance of the Department of Public Safety's Ranger helicopter. However, the search for Daniel came up empty. Mm. It was noted that between the date that Daniel went missing and the date the car was found, there were at least 3 known rainstorms that could influence the crime scene. So,
1: that's annoying. Yeah. And I mean, cause Cause it was there's al- nothing you can do about well, that. It was almost
0: a month in between yeah. when it was finally He disappeared found. and when they found the car.
1: That's I mean, that must be so frustrating, though, as somebody who's trying to get information about this, of, like, literally the thing that we cannot control has ruined possibilities of tracking down where he is. Yeah, if
0: there were, like, footprints or drag prints or anything like that, other tire tracks. Um, So now we're going to talk a little bit more about the investigation as it stands. In late July of the same year, 2021, a human skull was found in the area south of where Daniel's vehicle was recovered. Testing later indicated that the skull was not Daniel's and no additional human remains were recovered at that time. So, okay. We thought maybe it was a clue. It's not. In a statement made on September 16th, 2021, the Buckeye police department announced that they had worked with outside agencies to search over 70 square miles with the assistance of UTVs, cadaver dogs, drones, and helicopters. Investigators in October 2021 announced that Daniel had been texting a woman he met while delivering for Instacart, and reportedly was invited inside and exchanged numbers with her. Later text messages showed that he visited her home several times unannounced, and that the woman indicated that she was extremely uncomfortable with his actions. Police initially interviewed friends, family, and co-workers about the possibility of Daniel being suicidal over the situation, but all told investigators that he was not. According to his father, quote, We had plans. He had plans that weekend, before he went missing, with his sister. They had plans to go hiking out there in Arizona. We had plans in July that I would come out and see his vehicle for the first time, so we had plans. On November 9th, it was announced that a second set of human remains had been discovered while searching for Daniel and had been sent out for DNA testing and identification. The preliminary investigation, based on anthropological indication of race and the amount of time outside, has led officials to believe that neither set of remains are Daniel. Hmm. In late November, the FBI is briefed on Daniel's case. So we're bringing in other people. Speaking of bringing in other people, two days after the discovery of the Jeep, Daniel's family hired an accident reconstructionist and private investigator named Jeff McGrath, who suggested that the accident scene had been staged. Oh. Quote, Immediately when I saw the vehicle, I knew something wasn't right with it. The damage didn't match the terrain and where it was laying. Unquote. After running it out, after running an analysis on the Jeep, McGrath concluded that, quote, After the airbags came out, someone turned that ignition over at least 46 more times. That's not normal. And there was an additional 11 miles on the car since the airbags deployed. So that tells me the car was driven around after it crashed. Whoa. Weird.
1: That is weird. Also, I've never been in a car where the airbags have been deployed. Knock on wood, I never am. Yeah, but are you able to even see over the steering wheel if a airbag's deployed?
0: Well, I think they might deflate.
1: Oh, that makes so much more sense. After a certain
0: point, <laughs> they don't just,
1: they just <laughs> stay. Just... <laughs> the I puff got you.
0: Marshmallow, I got you.
1: I got you. <laughs> it's Baymax. <laughs> stay here. Yeah, it's just Baymax. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. I also, I also knock on wood, don't have experience in airbag deployed cars. So, but that's weird. Yeah, And the police try to, like, write that off in the police report as being, like, oh, well, like, some Jeep service, you know, senders have noted that there are sometimes discrepancies when blah, blah, blah. And, like, they're trying to also say, like, we don't know how much of, like, that mileage or the ignition or whatever happened between, like, us finding the car and, like, transporting it from the crash site to, like wherever we're analyzing it whatever but i'm like 46 times
1: 46 times and an extra 11 miles i feel like the 11 miles may be a discrepancy okay fine but the amount of times that you can turn over an ignition that makes more sense to me as something like that's a very specific number see i'm the
0: opposite i'm like 46 is a high number but i could understand like even if you just crash like you're trying to start the car again yeah. you're trying to like whatever the 11 miles i'm like you're not getting 11 miles from pulling it out of a ditch and putting it on a tow truck no like what no seems weird McGrath was skeptical of the roll theory, however, and was able to obtain the car's black box, which allowed him to ascertain that the car was going about 30 miles per hour before the airbags deployed. That set off alarm bells for the PI, who used his own vehicle to see if that speed was possible in the rugged terrain. His experiment indicated that it was not. So, like, he tried to go that fast where the car was found and like you can't go that fast because it's just
1: it's so rugged that you yeah. could probably go maybe 15 i mean he didn't say but no. well, co- my guess is you couldn't go significantly 30 less than 30 like,
0: and... it, i feel like everybody's been in like a back gravel oh, road golly. where you're just kind of like rocking because you're yeah. you know you... you're
1: you're sitting in the back seat while someone else is also is driving it and you're getting all of the yeah. inertia <laughs> yeah
0: upon learning this information Forensic testing was finally conducted.
1: That feels late, but okay.
0: Law enforcement took wet and dry swabs of various areas of the car. The results of those tests, however, have not been made public.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay, so now we're going to talk about some theories. Theories. Of which there aren't a ton. Yeah. They're not the most fleshed out, but here we go. Much of the police's investigation digs into Daniel's mental health before he went missing, including the fact that David noted that his son's Instagram was scrubbed of posts before his disappearance. He went full Taylor Swift and just deleted everything. Detectives were able to extract data from his Google searches for the week leading up to his disappearance. In the police report, it revealed some searches that stuck out, such as, love changed me, delete Instagram account, shooting Tempe," explosion, and I'm okay to do things I hate. Whoa. So, you know, some odd stuff. But also, think of your own Google history. Yeah. What's the weird, we don't have to talk about it, but like. You know, there's weird stuff in
1: there. Especially if you're a writer.
0: Yeah, that too. Shout out to Ruth.
1: Yeah. Daniel's
0: father, however, does not put much stock in this digital path. Quote, I spoke to my son two days prior to him going missing and we had a normal conversation. None of those search terms match up to anything I heard from Daniel. You know, I think caveat, most parents probably want to view their child in the best light. But also, like, if you're trying to figure out what happened to your son, I feel like you'd also be open to the possibility. So, yeah, he really seems to feel like. Yep. Um, as we previously mentioned, a lot of the police report also lingers on this supposed fixation that Daniel had on this woman named Caitlin, who he had delivered groceries to her through Instacart. His sister told cops that Daniel said he was in love with Caitlin and that she told him to listen to a podcast by spiritual teacher and self-help author Eckhart Tolle that, quote, changed the way he looks at life, according to the police report. Quote, the podcast showed him how to view things in the world in a positive energy and to avoid negative energy, unquote. Caitlin, however, told police she had no relationship with Daniel despite another friend of Daniel's saying the missing man told him he, quote, hooked up with one of the girls he delivered to. And that Caitlin and a friend invited him to hang out because they were drunk and he seemed, quote, harmless because he was short and only had one arm. So Caitlin, I feel like. Maybe not suspicious, but, like, also maybe not a great human.
1: Yeah. I, it um. seems like she's not really giving all of the information either. Yeah. But like, we don't know. Yeah.
0: Still, Caitlin told cops that Daniel began to get creepy showing up at her house when she wasn't there and texting her that he loved her. When he, she told him to stop bothering her, he texted her one last time, the day before he went missing. Quote, The world can get better, but i'll have to take all the time i can or we can whatever to name it i'll either see you again or never see you again unquote okay so yeah i mean some yeah
1: i i can see <laughs> i can see where it would be uncomfy sure obviously having somebody give you unsolicited attention like that not great but i that last text is fairly cryptic but also doesn't seem threatening at all no it seems very much like if i see i see it if i don't i don't yeah like have a great life i'm gonna
0: work on myself and either i'll see you again or i won't yeah but i feel like that's the thing when cases like this happen right that person isn't there to provide context No, there's absolutely none i'm sure there's something in all of our digital footprints that if you took it like only a you know one day's worth of text messages out of context, like there would be things that seem concerning or like feel yeah. eerie, or like also, I feel like when we're looking back on this, any mystery, right? Like
1: you're looking through the lens of it, being, you know, oh, he's the solder m- children
0: could have written something on a school paper a week before yeah. that happened, and now we'd look back on it with like this
1: oh, <sighs> yeah, investigative eye it's like, almost. Ooh.
0: Well, and also like this sense of eeriness of yeah. like, oh, I sense something was coming. Like, yeah.
1: you know, and ha- we don't know. Um, and I mean, the context thing too applies to his browser history. Oh, like, yeah. Obviously, we don't know in what context he's li- like the the shooting one. Yeah, I'm assuming there was a shooting nearby or something happened. I mean, this yeah. is America, so yeah. But that that doesn't feel out of place to me right like I, that's something that i would look up in order to what's
0: happening figure out you know what, where i need the news source. On. like what's yeah. happening
1: in the in the world so
0: yeah and also with him like supposedly stopping by unannounced like part of that was i guess when he had hung out with them he had left like a canopy like a tent thing there mm-hmm. and he asked if he could come and pick it up and she was like out of town and she was like oh like wait till i'm back in town and he like went over to her place anyway to like pick it up so it's like yes she asked you not to go there but also it wasn't like he was just like in her backyard like yeah being creepy i don't don't know. know so anyway so that's kind of the main theory that the cops are investigating but like they haven't put out a theory like they haven't said we believe daniel was suicidal yeah and and even then like even if that were the case and he like crashed his car on purpose which like when you look at the picture it's not like there's a tree in front of him it's like what what did you crash into like you know and i feel like if you were trying to harm yourself in a vehicle the crashing into something makes a lot more sense to me than just like oh i'm gonna drive on a road and like pull the wheel really hard and hope i flip over like i don't know yeah because they're buying into this role theory
1: yeah, like you. But the but then I, investigator was like, no,
0: no. But also, like we know that someone was wearing a seatbelt when it crashed. So where where is he then? Still, even, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his in- his mental state to me has nothing to do with this. Because that's
1: the, that's the question. I we still, still have a car. With. We
0: still don't yeah. have a body. So, My, what?
1: Th- truly, that's the question I'm still left with because I think obviously the police are trying to find something to hold on to and what they have found right. to hold on to is oh his mental state might not be great and so that might be a reasoning why he would have crashed his car wanted to right. kill himself want like because i could understand it was
0: like oh we found his car in the middle of the desert and we yeah. don't know where he went yeah but if it were like it, a a maura murray you know yeah, what i mean like exactly but
1: it it doesn't it it doesn't seem to fit for me also if they're using caitlin as the instigation of his desire to commit suicide Mm -hmm. that doesn't really play for me either unless there was something else going on between the two of them because this man is how old
0: 24
1: yeah this cannot be the first woman who has said no thanks yeah so i don't really see that as a reasoning so either she's not telling us everything or we just don't have the context in general to understand what actually happened between the two of them to have that be a real theory which maybe that's what the police are pursuing but I guess but for me it's still it doesn't fit it doesn't sound like it fits it's like I
0: I filed this under theories but it doesn't even feel like a theory to me it feels like a, a thread of questioning yeah but still, like, no, nah, nah, nah. n- Yes, and what? Like, what police? What is your theory that happened? So, yeah, like I said, most of these theories are very just kind of like we don't know. Me shaping them out of the articles. Again, we've kind of alluded to it, but like, was there foul play of some kind? Eleven miles after the car crash feels really sketch to me. Again, we don't know because they haven't released those uh, swabs, like the te- the, the tests, tests. They haven't released those results.
1: And maybe maybe there's know. something in those tests that they, well,
0: they're doing the thing. Maybe they're the holding hopefully they're it, doing holding the thing it back yeah. where they're like, if we don't put it in the press and then we interview somebody and they yeah. know a thing that the public shouldn't know.
1: Yeah, which is probably why we they're still them going with the, you know, the line of questioning yeah. of it's this thing over here, his mental health in this quasi relationship to maybe lead someone off the scent. Hopefully, there's some information on those swabs that they can actually use. Yeah. Because the other thing might be that they're like, well, inconclusive. It doesn't matter. They yeah. Just keep moving. Yeah. And then the last one, this, I'm like, I don't know. They keep finding remains out
0: there. Is they're- there some sort of a uh, serial offender? Or is it just, oh, it's the desert and yeah. that's where people put bodies?
1: We, I feel like we need to do an episode on the national parks system. Mm-hmm. And just how many people, either from natural, as in earth causes, mm-hmm. or by stupidity, or by just baseline people are bad. <laughs> um, I feel like that because the national park you people end up finding remains, unfortunately, quite a lot. Yeah. So it's true. It's not great. <laughs>
0: Baseline, people are
1: bad. Baseline, people are bad.
0: Put it on the merch. So then we have a couple updates since the disappearance, which was in 2021. On January 7th, 2023, someone off-roading in a remote desert area near Johnson Road and Southern discovered human skeletal remains, including a skull and other bones. Speaking of people finding remains. The remains were turned over to the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office for forensic examination, which I don't think we got an update on, because if we did, I would have put it in here.
1: (laughs) More bones have been found in the area, but it is inconclusive of who they belong to.
0: Whomst they were. Yeah, because if it was Daniel, then we would know. Okay. In June of 2021, Buckeye Police released an updated report on Daniel's case. You can look at it in one of the show notes. It's, uh, it's like 120 pages, oh. but they do include the PDF. Did I, I did not go through, but it is there. If anybody wants to hyperfixate, it's available for you.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a message for all of our ADHD friends who do <laughs> actually bam, bam. listen to the podcast.
0: The new information in the report shows Daniel's phone at the crash site at 10.05 a.m. and that it stopped tracking just after 10.30 a.m. But the crash, we think, happened around 1. Yeah. So, what? what's the timeline? We don't know. Yeah. All right. So, now we're going to kind of talk about the response to the, the police work that's being done. Or not done. Uh, Daniel's father, as I mentioned, came out and has since moved out to Arizona to work on the search for his son full-time. Uh, he's retired. Like he had just started retirement Aww. and he's basically like, this is my retirement. I guess he's in a one bedroom apartment, like using his retirement savings.
1: That, that's a dad. That's yeah. a dad for you. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, since his son's disappearance, David has thrown himself into the search, organizing a total of 18 searches since summer, 2021 despite coming to Arizona with barely any ties. According to David, he commands a group of between 80 and 200 people per search who use a mapping system to break the desert where Daniel was last seen into sectors. They've covered about 15 miles so far and won't stop until Daniel is found. Like I mentioned earlier, David... Daniel's father and the family maintain a website that is focused on Daniel's case. Uh, there are news updates, a tip line, ways to support from afar, a search map. You can look at the, search, the Google map and they have different filters of like, this is, an, this is the area covered in the aerial search. This is where we've covered on foot, et cetera. And you can find that website in the show notes. The family has also put together a GoFundMe page to help gather donations and a petition to keep interest in the case, because they've been pretty vocal about feeling like the police are not doing enough. They're like, our son's case is far from a cold case. What? Why aren't you?
1: He's still missing.
0: Yeah. So they they go out. His father goes out and like does different podcasts. Uh, his parents participated in the Facebook series Red Table Talk to discuss Daniel's disappearance and the difficulties they faced working with investigators. And then here's a quote from his father, David Robinson II. I have been blessed to have a team of people who look to Daniel as their own, their son, his aunties and uncles. Daniel is America's son. What happened to my family happens to families all across the country. Help me stand up to this system that allows Americans to be missing without a trace. We can find our enemies in other countries, yet cannot find our own citizens on our soil. This has to change. So many Americans have been seeking answers for years to what happened to their loved ones. In all these cases, people of color have been impacted at a greater rate. No American should be alienated from attention, action, and resources because of the color of their skin. My mission is to close that gap, unquote. Which, you know, kind of going to his point, the FBI's National Crime Information Center's list of active missing persons showed more than 93,000 active missing persons cases at the end of 2021. Of those cases, black and Native American people made up a larger share of missing persons than their total share of the U.S. population. Which, you know, we've talked about before with, like, Rosenda Strong, other cases that, like I said at the beginning, if you're not a pretty white lady, the news doesn't care as much, unfortunately. Well, yeah. And like what? Oh, what's that website? I'll try and look it up. But where you can basically put in information about yourself, like how old you are, what race you are, what gender you are, and it'll tell you how many, like how much news coverage your disappearance would generate. Oh
1: God! In America, I don't know that.
0: Well, yours would probably get a lot, <laughs> just based White on lady. yeah. Um, but but yeah. like the older you get,
1: the less like it'll.
0: Yeah. It, so it it tells you like oh you you know, your case would be covered by the local news and maybe, like, whatever. Yeah.
1: I think, too, because, you know, part of this conversation is the Gabby Petito case. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend was an active and, at a, at one point, a live participant in the actual case itself. Mm-hmm. So he was an easy person for the police to focus in on and, you know, in, in some sick sad way justice was served but there's nobody in daniel's case that the police can i guess put their focus on unless they're doing it for caitlin i don't i don't know it's it i feel like for gabby's case there were more variables for them to work with and Mm -hmm. so there was well, that as had, well as her... They
0: had the blogs and the yeah. social media, so they were able to kind of look into, you know, the the behavior, the yeah. body language. Um
1: So there was a lot more And she was traveling evidence. with someone. Yeah. Like there was evidence there yeah. that they could then use, whereas in this case there's none, which to me feels more like, you know, of course it must be so frustrating, but I don't know, it feels like the impetus... To keep pushing that mm-hmm. there's you know, why isn't there any more evidence?
0: Yeah, exactly. So um I looked it up. The site is called <laughs> are dot com. Oh I do not want to know. I put answer. it in the show notes. Um for anyone that's interested. Interested. David says that he misses his family in mm. South Carolina but remains determined to find his son. Quote, he's my responsibility. This is what fathers do.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's going to make me cry.
0: Yeah. Anyone with information on the disappearance of Daniel Robinson is urged to call the Buckeye Police tip line at 623-349-6411. And you can find that information at the sites in the show notes. But yeah, that's the weird, unsolved, un contextualize like there isn't that much information but it feels weird
1: yeah it yeah agreed well done thanks that was a that was a tough one i'm sure to dig into but
0: i mean yes but also no because because there's no information like there's a bunch of articles in the show notes and like i listed all of them because i did pull like Pieces At least each. a factor or two from each one, but it's mostly the same information because it's which all, is we all know. frustrating, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. well,
1: do we have something to lighten the mood a bit before we sign off?
0: Well, i I haven't read it, so no promises, but let's roll the tape and see what happens. We have a mailbag friends.
1: All right, so this is from our constant pod fiend Haley. The subject line is "Ghost Fall," and it goes, "Hello, my sweet and beautiful hosts. Aww. Thank you so much. We love you so much. It's been a while since I have last graced your inbox, <laughs> but I'm back here Hi. to t- <laughs> Hi. here to tell you about the ghost at the daycare." Haley. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It is unanimously agreed that the daycare is haunted. People have heard footsteps in empty rooms, lights turning on and off at their own volition, and objects flying off shelves. The objects flying is something I've witnessed on multiple occasions. Bro, what? You, you haven't told us this before? Do you, do, where is this? Do you work there? I'm confused. Oh, goodness. It's usually small bins in the bathroom that hold the children's change of clothes and such. Of course, that is something one could easily brush off as a poor weight placement in the bin causing it to tip. However, every time I've seen it, the bin shoots directly out as if being yanked and then dropped instead of toppling over itself. Mm. I hate that. (laughs) Items have also moved about as if they've been thrown by someone. On the day of writing this, August 1st, 2023, One of the little girls in the class I teach told me she saw the ghost fall outside. Mm. I love, I love that Mm. as a possibility because ghosts don't have feet usually. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: love that. Emma's going to be a clumsy ghost. Oh God, I'm
1: so excited. (laughs) She
0: died as she lived.
1: (laughs) After a thorough interview with the (laughs) three-year-old. I'm I'm just picturing (laughs) Haley taking
0: them to the corner and being like, tell me everything. Turning
1: the desk lamp onto them. (laughs) After a thorough interview with the three-year-old, I learned that it was a nice ghost who was little like her. Oh, oh, I, oh. Uh, <laughs> I asked her if she knew the ghost's name and she gave me a shrug. Most importantly, I learned that the ghost was pink and purple. Oh. I'm still incredibly sus of this ghost and the validity of the sighting. If true, at least it's got <laughs> a cute aesthetic. Much love from the Lib- <laughs> Libranary. Libranary. Is we can never say it right. Well, well, there's so many more R's we in there love than the, I anticipated.
0: The, the, we love the pun, um, but we continue to struggle with we the pronunciation. We hope that you appreciate
1: <laughs> our, our attempts. Uh, well, thank you so much, friends. Thank you for writing in. We love you, just so you're aware. And if any of you feel the desire to send us any short little pieces like that, If you have any suggestions for any episodes, I'm racking and stacking them. So if you've got one and you want it, let me know. It might just happen. It might. It might. It might just be next. But until that time, my friends, please remember.
0: This podcast
1: doesn't exist. We remembered how to do it. I'm very proud of us. Good job. Good job. Hello. Hi. I had to swallow. Oh. <laughs> I was
0: like, that was the quietest burp I've ever heard.
1: No good. C- Try start over.
0: Oh, it's gonna be like I'm Shannon. No. <laughs> can that be the Easter egg at the end? Sure. <laughs> I'm Shannon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was like, we already passed that point on the teleprompter. <laughs> We're done,
1: President Bartlett. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> This episode was researched, co-produced, and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Co-produced and edited by Emma Kiley. Our theme song was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The Mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.